You may think you know the real me, but get ready because I'm about to share the real raw and unedited version of me. Today in the episode, I'm taking you behind the scenes, sharing a bit about who I am beyond being a coach and a podcast host. And I'm going to share with you why I am so passionate about what I do. And in this episode, I'm going to share about my personal life, where I live, why I love my rescue pup so much, and why I chose not to have kids. And I'm going to share with you what it means to be multi-passionate, my obsession with all things self-development, including the Enneagram and human design. So today's episode is really going to be getting to know the real Andrea. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. Hey there, welcome to The Courage Cast. My name is Andrea Crisp and I am your host. And I wanna wish you a happy new year. I just cannot believe that we are now in 2024. I am so excited about the possibilities that lie before us. I think that there is something really special about starting brand new, and I am all for having a new year. Uh, Last year was amazing, and there were so many things that happened, and I feel like it was just a really transitional year for me and transformational year for me, but I am very ready for a new year. So how was your holidays? Did you have time with your friends and family? Did you spend the holidays on a beach or were you somewhere skiing? What were you doing? Now for myself, I was actually uh, at home and I was with my dog and this was my very first solo holiday well, my solo Christmas. I've had other holidays that I've been on my own, but this was the very first Christmas that I've ever spent without my immediate family. So I was around my extended family, but my parents were in Florida. My brother was in Toronto. And this was kind of like my very first time just hanging out, doing things on my own. And I have to say, it was pretty awesome. I was able to rest. I was able to do some really fun creative projects. I love doing um, traditional things. I love just having all sorts of like Christmas rituals and traditions. I did all of those things all by myself because I'm kind of the person in my family that does it anyways. So I just continued the traditions by myself and I had a great time. So, It was awesome. Now there is something to be said about a new year, a new beginning. I love pressing the reset button, even if it's only like an imaginary one. I can I can just picture having this like big red button and totally pressing down and everything changing. And as I've started to understand a little bit more about my human design, I think that there is an element of new beginnings in my design. So that totally makes sense for me. And I have like really decided to lean into that for myself and to understand why it is that I love 
starting new things and why it is that I've always gravitated towards the beginning stages of something. So since we're at the beginning of a new year, and since I have noticed that there are some new listeners, which are I'm so grateful for and welcome, uh, I thought it would be a great time to kind of reintroduce myself. And if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, I want to say that I'm very grateful to you for tuning in every week. And I know that we have been on quite the journey together since the beginning. And if you've been around that long, then oh my gosh, um, that's amazing. But like any good relationship, I think we grow and evolve. And I know that there are times where maybe you've listened to the podcast and maybe you've kind of moved away from listening and you've come back. And I just feel honored to do the journey with you. And I want to honor our growth and our expansion, both as, you know, a podcast, but also in relationship to one another. Now, I always feel kind of awkward, you know, introducing myself, but it kind of does feel like I'm introducing myself for the very first time, not gonna lie. Because when I started the podcast back in August of 2017, which seems like a bazillion years ago now, uh, I was a completely different person. Like, truth be told, I look back at who I was, and yes, I recognize that woman, but I am so different now in January 2024. So much has happened in my life. So much has happened on the journey, and I have been able to take my own brave steps. A lot of the reason why is because of this podcast, and I've been able to see my life unfold in really beautiful ways. And I definitely feel as we are moving into this new year, now I'm speaking from personal, my own personal opinion here, but I feel like I'm in a different energy. And maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you're, you know, thinking the same. You're like, this feels different. 2024 feels like a different energy for me and for my life and for my business. So if that is you, then we are definitely on the same page. And I just want to share a little bit about, you know, some of the the kind of the the bits of me that maybe you don't know, or maybe you do, depending on how long you've listened to the episodes. But I'm going to jump right in. And of course, we're going to start with like the personal side of who I am, what makes me tick, you know, who I am, all that jazz. So I consider myself to be a multi-passionate entrepreneur. And I talk about that on some of my content. I have mentioned that many times before. But if you're unsure of what that actually means, then I'm going to tell you in just a second. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that if you are a listener of the podcast, then it is likely that you are probably multi-passionate yourself. And I think that we gravitate towards each other because we have varied interests and we have a lot of things that we're good at. So here is the actual definition of a multi-passionate person. Not necessarily an entrepreneur, but uh, just a multi-passionate in general. So it says the expression multi-passionate is being used more and more, especially for millennials. Multi-talented, multi-potentialite, scanner, polymath, renaissance person, and generalist are related terms and are all used to describe people 
with multiple interests who have difficulties settling on a career. <laughs> okay, so I mean, is does that aptly describe you? Does that aptly describe me? I have had three different careers. This is my third. I will talk a little bit about that. But other multi-passionate people uh, are people like Marie Forleo, who you may know. She is an author. She's a podcaster. She has a Marie TV, and she also um, does B-School, which I have done. I've loved B-School. Of course, Jenna Kutcher, who is the host of The uh, Gold Digger, and she is very, very well-known. But she started off doing something way different than what she does now, and then, of course, there's Steve Jobs and Oprah Winfrey is also somebody who is considered a multi-passionate person. Now, the reason why I think this is really important part of who I am is because I truly believe that as entrepreneurs, that we are multifaceted. And so we have varied interests. A lot of the time, we might be doing um, something in our business, but we also might be doing something on the side that's like uh, more of a passion project. Maybe you act, maybe you sing, maybe you draw, maybe you are somebody in design or TV. I mean, you could have all sorts of different things. Maybe you're a podcaster and an author and a speaker, and a coach, right? So you have all of these different things that you love doing. And when I work with clients, I tend to attract people who are in that space, who like doing varied things, because I also like doing varied things. And we take a look at the entirety of who they are. So when clients come to work with me, we focus on the different aspects of who they are. So their personal lives, as well as their business, as well as other passions, relationally, um, financially, all of the things that are happening in their lives, because we are multifaceted, and we have so many different things going on. And they all play a role in what is happening in their lives. So really doing this work is not just a linear process where it's about one thing. It usually affects absolutely everything in our lives. And I have found that to be true over and over again as I've worked with clients. So I love to say that I am multi-passionate and I believe that, you know, when we lean into being multi-passionate and allowing ourselves to truly show up as the, the different parts of ourselves, then we are giving a gift to the world. So, uh, I am personally a one on the Enneagram. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, I was obsessed with the Enneagram a few years ago. I would actually say I'm a one wing nine. And I got into the Enneagram probably back, I would say in 2016. And I went down the most um, crazy rabbit hole. Like, I was, when I say obsessed, that is an understatement. I wanted to devour everything about the Enneagram. I read books. I listened to podcasts. All of my friends were into it. We were super fascinated by learning about the Enneagram and just really typing ourselves, which we were told not to do, and we did anyways. And we had so much fun. And when I first learned that I was one on the Enneagram, I was like, oh my gosh, like, oh, I don't know. Like that is 
you know, usually the person who's like type A personality. And yes, that is definitely me. But I've realized over the time that when I'm the most healthy version of myself, I actually move towards a seven on the Enneagram, which is really the fun version of me. So uh, I still love the Enneagram. But now I not only love the Enneagram, but I also love human design. So yes, I definitely went down that rabbit hole too. And I am still there. I am learning. I am unlearning. I am deconditioning, as they say, in human design. I love learning about human design. It has been so interesting for me. I'm a generator, 2-4 sacral. And I just find everything about it so fascinating and really enlightening for me personally, understanding why it is that I do certain things and how to lean into those things. And um, anyways, it's just been so fun. So with both the Enneagram and human design, I utilize those different um, personality assessments, I guess, you know, I'll call them that. I'm sure that there's a probably a better definition for that. But I use them both within my coaching because I just think that, you know, we really are so different and unique and there is never a one size fits all approach. Really, there is not. So I like to get to know my clients and find out a little bit more about them. And of course, utilize those two. And I've also used strength finders as well, but I find now the Enneagram and human design to be a little bit more helpful in understanding why my clients think the way they do and helping them to navigate just their own lives and really step into their power in a whole new way. Okay, so a little bit about me. I am a happily single woman in my late 40s. I am actually going to be 50 this year in 2024. October 10th, I will turn 50. And I did a whole entire series uh, called the Authentically Me series back in the fall. And I literally went through some of my most pivotal life transformations that have happened. Um, Some of them that I had talked about on the podcast, some of them I had not until now. And if you are interested in learning a little bit about my own personal journey and transformation, then I am going to link those episodes in the show notes. So you can go back and you can listen to them as well. And I'm just going to kind of give you the high view today of my life and not like the nitty gritty, which you would find in those episodes. But let me tell you, they were vulnerable. They were intimate. I really shared all of the details in the Authentically Me series. Like for real, I went there. So I highly encourage you to go back and take a listen. Now, as I've mentioned, I have never been married and I've never actually even been close to being married. I dated... um, seriously in college, but that really never went anywhere. And I've had other um, relationships that were, I I would say, kind of serious, but not really that serious enough to get married. But here I am, 49, and I have to say that I am happily single. And that doesn't mean that I wouldn't like to be married or meet a life partner that 
at this point in my life, completely lights me up. And I have so many different, um, I guess, I don't know, requirements or thoughts around what I would want in a partner now versus when I was younger versus five years ago versus one year ago. I mean, I have changed so much that I really think my what I desire even is different at this point. So I definitely do not have any intention on settling. So until I find somebody that just like totally lights me up, I will be over here being happily single. I don't have any kids, but I am a dog mom. And if you've been following me for any length of time, you've probably heard me talk about her. Her name is Coffee, and she's usually in my Instagram stories. And she can be curled up right beside me when I'm podcasting. And um, she is she's such a fun, fun pup. So I love kids personally. Like I I really do love all of my um, cousins' kids and my friends' kids. I kind of feel like they are um, they're mine. Like, like I'm their aunt or one of my, my friends, uh, daughters calls me her fairy godmother. So that kind of works too. But I never really saw myself having kids. I know that seems weird, but when I was young, I just, it wasn't something that I had a big desire for. And, um, I never did. And I never, you know, thought about having kids on my own. It was just not something that I was interested in doing. And so when I got my rescue pup about two years ago, so she's two and a half. Well, maybe it was a little, she was probably about uh, eight to 10 weeks when I brought her home. But anyways, she literally is like my child. So yeah, I'm, I'm that person. And I take my dog mom responsibilities very seriously. So I got her during the pandemic and she is the most fun so I want to just share a quick story about how she came to be with us. Uh, she was actually born up north in, I think, northern Manitoba or maybe northern Ontario. And my dad does these dog runs called the Bark Bus. And they take these big trailers or horse trailers and they go up to um, northern communities where dogs and cats are surrendered and they are brought down to the southern parts of the province and brought to shelters, adopted out. And there was this one particular mom who was about to have a litter, and they picked her up and brought her. And so the mom had this litter in um, Sudbury, which is where we live, and I was able to pick out of the litter. And so she technically is a rescue pup, um, because she was already in existence when they picked her up, but she was not born. So I've had her since she was weaned from her mom, and um, she's just super fun. And my brother actually has a dog with the same scenario, but a different litter, and, and his dog's a little bit older. She's about five and a half now. So you may say, okay, why is her name Coffee? Well, it's actually not just Coffee, it's Coffee Crisp. So my last name is Crisp. And um, it came from a conversation that I had with my friend Amanda about a cat that she knew of. And she told me that this cat's name was Kit Kat. And I was looking for the right name for my pup before I got her. And as soon as she said Kit Kat, something like went off in me. I was like, oh my gosh. I could totally name this dog Coffee Crisp. 
So if you're Canadian, you probably get that right away. But if you don't, if you're not Canadian, uh, Coffee Crisp is a chocolate bar. And uh, one of my favorite at that. And so I named her Coffee Crisp. And people always get a chuckle from that. Now, her and I love to walk the trails. And um, I take her out every single day. And she's just a great companion dog. And she's actually loves when I'm doing Reiki sessions and breathwork sessions and meditation. She just sits and curls up right by me. She loves the energy. I feel like she's like my little sensitive pup. Okay, so on to where I live. I live in a very small railroading community in northern Ontario. And I often say that I am a city girl living in a small town because I have that city girl energy. But Over the years, I have really started to value living in a small town and living out where it is very rural and there's just not much around. So I walk in the trails in the summer. I like to kayak on the lake and there's just something about the open space that I absolutely love. And in 2019, right before the pandemic, I moved up here with my parents And I wanted to focus on growing my business. And so I moved in with them. I definitely do miss living in the city. I wish sometimes that I was way closer to Toronto than I am. I'm about four and a half hours from Toronto. But it just feels like the right place for me to be right now. And I don't know that it's going to be a forever thing. But I am here for now. And I will just kind of wait and see what happens and where I am led next. And so I've never really considered this to be a permanent stop, but it has been a great place for me to have transformation, to have healing, to create expansion in my life. And I hear a lot of times how people talk about, you know, you have to be in the most beautiful location, the best, you know, around the most, you know, um, like-minded people in order to have the expansion you want. And, and I do believe that is true. But I also feel like sometimes for healing work that you need your own space to heal your nervous system and to truly heal from any other major things that have happened in life. And there's a time and a place for both. And I think that you really have to know what you need at what time. I've talked a bit about my personal life, but I'll just tell you very briefly a little bit about my more my business side. And I've been coaching for over 10 years now and in the online space for almost as long, not exactly 10 years, but pretty close. But it feels like I've been doing coaching for my whole career. Really, it does, because it has always come very natural for me but it wasn't my first career. So going back to the whole multi-passionate part of my life, I have had three different careers. The first one, I was a music teacher, a music educator for over a decade in Christian schools and also in public schools. And then I was a worship pastor. And then I decided to move into coaching. And My first love is actually music. I love music. I have been singing and playing the piano for as long as I can remember. And still to this day, one of my very favorite things to do is to sit alone at a grand piano in a room all by myself and play. 
And so that is really where my roots go. But even going back to when I was a music educator, I was even passionate about helping my students connect to themselves, to really understanding who they were. And that is something that has stayed with me for my whole entire career through pastoring and into coaching. I just have this passion of really helping people connect to their higher selves, to the divine, and really doing it in a healthy way. And I really truly believe that when we are surrendered to that divine love, to source, to God, to universe, that absolutely anything in our lives is possible. I've seen that for myself. I've seen that for so many other people. And I think sometimes we bypass that and we go directly to what can I do without really having a greater understanding of how can I first connect into source and really get what I need and do it in a way that feels super authentic for myself. And so that is something that I'm really passionate about helping my clients do. So along with the mindset and the subconscious reprogramming that we do, it really is that spiritual connection and understanding that really is the through line within everything that we do in coaching. Over the years, I have learned how much we store in our physical bodies. And when I was, you know, growing up as a singer, it was a way for me to really emote and to get out what I was feeling. And I have found singing to be an incredible way to release emotions. It's also really good for regulating the nervous system. And when I was singing more regularly, I noticed that my nervous system probably was more regulated than it was um, when I was not singing. And so I work with singers who not only love to sing and want to improve their technique, but also are looking for a way to express themselves through singing. So I am also coaching um, musicians. So yes, I do vocal lessons, and then I'm also an empowerment coach. I do both of them because, you know, I'm multi-passionate. <laughs> so even as a teacher, I found myself looking for the hidden potential in my students. And when I became a full-time coach, it was just a natural progression for me to bring that over into my coaching and um, helping my my clients really regulate their nervous system as well. And when I first started into coaching, I was pastoring and I started these, um, they were called purpose groups and they were phenomenal. They were run with six women for six weeks and it was just so well received that I actually wrote a book called Design with Purpose because it was something that I felt on my heart to do at the time. And it was a faith-based book really to help women to connect to their God-given purpose. And that was like kind of my, my you know, building blocks of my coaching business. But I started to recognize not long afterwards that a lot of these women were connecting to their purpose, but they were then not doing anything about it. So they would get in their own way. They would sabotage their efforts. And this is when I dove into studying neuroscience and I got certified in NLP and I started working specifically at that point as a mindset coach. So I moved from 
really focusing on helping people discover their purpose to really understanding what the subconscious programming, how that played a part in really what they wanted to do with their lives. But then there was still something missing. So I I was thinking about like, okay, what really is happening? And I knew for myself that I was struggling and what I didn't understand was how much nervous system regulation played a part in this whole process. And so then I got certified in EFT, guided meditation, hypnosis, and now I help my clients to somatically release their their emotions along with reprogramming their subconscious. And I'm going to get into a little bit more detail in that in the next episode. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit about what it's like even to work with me, what is an empowerment coach exactly, because I often get these questions and people really, you know, think, well, what exactly are you doing when you're doing this work? Like, you know, and who is this really for? And I'm going to dive into the nitty gritty details in the upcoming episode all about that. So I want to backtrack a little bit. So I I mentioned that I was a pastor, but when I left full-time ministry, I, I really had experienced some significant mental health struggles. And I was what I really didn't understand at the time was I was being spiritually abused within many of my roles in the church. And this was not something that I understood anything about. This was something that I later went on to understand through therapy. And leaving toxic spiritual environments became something that I had to do for myself, but it also then was the catalyst for my faith deconstruction. And my faith deconstruction kind of paralleled um, a time in my life where I was really struggling with anxiety and depression. So I think it was kind of all happening around the same time. So here I am deconstructing my religious beliefs. All the while, I am also, you know, really struggling to, um, you know, just even do the day-to-day tasks. I think I had burnt out my adrenals. I was just not in a good place. And I was trying to build my business all while this was happening. And it just kind of got worse and worse and worse. And uh, I do talk about that in the Authentically Me series about how about how I finally had to make the decision to move home with my parents so that I could have the healing that I really needed and build my business in a way that was sustainable. And I talk about that in way more detail in one of the episodes um, in the Authentically Me series. So again, you can link to that in the show notes. But over the past four years, as I've really gotten the healing that I needed, I started to understand how I could reconnect back to God and to source and to the divine in a new way, in a way that really feels healthy, feels accepting of not only who I am, but also other people and other faiths and other beliefs. And it has just really been a beautiful unfolding for me. And I am so grateful that I had the experiences I had and that I was able to have the spiritual healing and a process of really unlearning some of the things that I had learned in a toxic environment. Because not everything I learned was bad. 
it just wasn't all beneficial. So for me personally, I still am very connected to God. I I interchangeably use God and source, spirit, divine, because I know that everybody has just like a different terminology. I want to be respectful of where everyone is at and knowing that we're all on a journey. And sometimes even in our own journey, we're on the on different, you know, uh, continuums of our journey, right? So like we're on different parts. And so I just want to be respectful of where you might be right now in your own faith journey. And the reason why I think that this is a very important part of my story is because I understand what it's like to go through a faith deconstruction. And more and more now I hear of people deconstructing their faith or deconstructing beliefs or limiting stories or things of their family of origin. And this is a real part of the process that we go through when we are connecting to our divine purpose and we're connecting to really stepping out and doing the thing that we feel is on our hearts to do, whether it is in a business sense, whether it is in a relationship, whether it is Um, impacting people in a significant way. It doesn't really matter. And so for me, uh, alongside spirituality, I love working with my clients on energetics, manifestation, mindset, and really integrating all of these really phenomenal principles into their lives Um, just like I have been able to do because that integration process is so, so important. So that leads me to this. Okay, so I've talked a lot about who I am, shared, you know, a lot of details. Uh, Again, the nitty gritty stuff is in other episodes that you can listen to. But I wanted to give you just like a high level view of who I am and, you know, really getting to know each other, I think on a personal level sometimes is is even a a greater um, gift because, that's when we can do the journey together. And that is really how I see myself as a guide in the journey with my clients and um, really being able to help them see what they have not been able to see for themselves. And um, if I have that opportunity to walk alongside of you, then we would do the same thing. So I'm going to share in the next episode more about what it would be like to be in a coaching relationship, um, how that looks, how much does that even cost, and um, what are the benefits, what are my credentials, my qualifications, all those things. Who even needs an empowerment coach? Does anybody need an empowerment coach? Are there certain people that need one and others that don't? I'm going to talk about all of that. And honestly, I'm going to tell you why. I believe it's the best investment you will ever make in your life and in your business. And I can easily say that because I truly believe that when you invest in yourself first, that everything else works itself out because you develop a sense of autonomy and trust and knowing in who you are and in your intuition, able to heal the parts of you that have maybe been blocking you from the desires you have to make more money, to grow your business, to have healthier relationships, to attract the clients that you desire, to really be fulfilled in your business. 
Because if you want to make an impact, we all know that it really always starts with who we are as humans first. And until we do that work, then we really can't do the work with others. So I hope you'll join me for the next episode where I share all about that. Friend, thank you for hanging out. Um, I can't wait to do this new year with you. I'm very excited. 2024. Cheers to a new year and to something incredible. I, I really have a good feeling about what this year is going to be all about. So until next time, remember you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Gas, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review, and while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Crilly.